Good morning, and uh, if you have your Bible, please turn with me to Psalm 123, and we're going to start to read from verse 1. I lift up my eyes to you, you whose throne is in heaven, as the eyes of slaves look to the hand of their master, and the eyes of the maid look to the hand of her mistress. So our eyes look to the Lord our God, till he shows us his mercy. Have mercy on us, O Lord, have mercy on us. For we have endured much contempt. We have endured much ridicule from the proud, much contempt from the arrogant. I'm sure that God will add his blessing to the reading of his word, and let's just pray before we look at it. Father, we thank you again for your word. We thank you again that we can gather, even though it is in this unusual way, but you are still here with us in our midst, and we ask your blessing upon us as we open up this word together in your presence, as we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we come to this uh, psalm, Psalm 123, and I've titled this Disappointment and Discouragement. Now, we don't know when this psalm was written, but we know that it was written at a time when the faithful who trust in God and who, because of their desire to worship him, were being ridiculed, they were being mocked and scoffed at. Now, it could have been written in the days of Hezekiah. This would be during the, the siege of Jerusalem, when during the siege, the Assyrians mocked God and taunted his people. We have this recorded for us in Isaiah. And these here that I'm going to read are the words of the Assyrian field commander as he mocked Hezekiah and the people. And he was mocking them because they trusted in God to deliver them. So this is Isaiah 36, verse 13 through to 15. Then the commander stood and called out in Hebrew, Hear the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. This is what the king says. Do not let Hezekiah deceive you. He cannot deliver you. Do not let Hezekiah persuade you to trust in the Lord when he says the Lord will surely deliver us. This city will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. When we continue through that passage, we come to verse 36, uh, chapter 36. And I'm going to read verse 18 down to 20 as this uh, commander continues to belittle God's people, to belittle God's power and to belittle God's authority. This is what we read. Do not let Hezekiah mislead you when he says, the Lord will deliver us. Have the gods of any nations ever delivered their gods from the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Sepharvim? Have they rescued Samaria from my hand? Who of all the gods of these countries have been able to save their lands from me? How then can the Lord deliver Jerusalem from my hand? Now here is what Hezekiah had to say about this. and We read this in chapter 37 of Isaiah verse 4. So Hezekiah now speaks to his people in response to what they've just heard from the enemy. He said, it may be that the Lord your God will hear the words of the field commander, whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to ridicule the living God, and that he will rebuke him for the words the Lord your God has heard. 
Therefore, pray for the remnants that still survive. Now, if you read on in that passage in Isaiah, you will hear that God did deliver his people out of the hands of the Assyrians. So God did answer their prayer. Or maybe the psalm was written after the return from exile in the days of Ezra, when there was opposition to rebuilding the temple so that the faithful could be stopped from worshipping their God. There were people who didn't want that temple to be rebuilt. And so they tried everything to stop the work. Or maybe in the days of Nehemiah, when there was opposition to the rebuilding of Jerusalem. Opposition coming from those who didn't want the returning Jews to be able to worship God in the safety of the city. This is what we read in Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 19. But when Sambalat, the Haronite, and Tobiath, the Ammonites, official, and Geshem, the Arab, heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing, they asked. Are you rebelling against the king? You see, these people were challenging the Jews who were about to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And they were saying, this is rebellion. As you follow your God, you're rebelling against the king. And they tried to stop the word. Now, while we don't know when it was written, but we know why this psalm was written. We know that it was a cry to God for God to help those who were being ridiculed for being believers. And we know why it continued to be sung. Because it was a reminder that God was with them in their time of trouble, so that we can understand why it became known as one of the songs of a sense that the faithful would sing as they went to worship God. Now I believe that, like all these psalms of ascents and indeed all the psalms that we have in our Bibles, they can speak to us today in the situation we are in. So let us see what God has to say to us from Psalm 123. So verse 1, I lift up my eyes to you, to you who sit enthroned in heaven. Now this is a single voice, the voice of a man. What does he mean by... I lift up my eyes. Well, for anybody to lift up their eyes must have been that they were looking down. And I can see this man standing with his head bowed low in a state of despair with feelings of hopelessness. I think at times we can all know this feeling. And maybe when we're feeling like that, a friend might come along and say, you know, What's up? And we look up at them, and as we do, we know that on this occasion, even they can't help. And that's when we need to do what the psalmist did. Lift our eyes a little higher to the one who can help us. The one who sits enthroned in heaven. I'm reminded of the verse from Hebrews, it's verse 16 of chapter 4. And it says this, Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. 
And you know, this is exactly what the psalmist is doing. But a question. The question is, how does he look? Well, the answer to that is found in verse 2 of our psalm, where it says, As the eyes of a slave look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a female slave look to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God till he shows us his mercy. What we're hearing here is that this person has humbled himself before God and he comes as a slave, looks to his master. No one is left out here in this request because in his illustration he includes this. He says, as a female slave looks at her master. And this look is a look of longing and it's a look of reliance longing for the help that is needed and knowing that they have come to the person that they can rely on the one who can supply their needs i take special notice of the fact that the eyes look to the hand this is a little bit like what we might call body language the eye by looking to the hand is saying i am in need and you can supply the thing that I need. The eye and the hand can speak as loud as the mouth. Now, although this is a very short psalm, in it there's a beautiful illustration. There's very little being, being spoken, but much is being said. So what is the psalmist asking for? Well, he asks for mercy. He knows that he's asking for something that he, he, hasn't, he hasn't earned. And he tells us that he is prepared to trust in the Lord as he waits for the answer. You know, this is a great reminder for us regarding prayer. I was thinking of another psalm, Psalm 27, verse 14. And there we read, Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. Again, a reference to prayer. Notice the word wait. Notice the encouragement to be strong. Notice that we are to take heart. And again, the word is repeated. Wait. Wait for the Lord patience and trust let me go over to the New Testament 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16 to 18 and this is what Paul says rejoice always pray continually give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus notice what Paul is saying here rejoice then he says pray continually and then he says, give thanks. And when he says in all circumstances, he means times of when things are going well, but also in times of trouble. We ought to rejoice, pray continually and give thanks. Why? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 
Let's look at the last part of that second verse in our psalm this morning where it says, Our eyes look to the Lord our God till he shows us his mercy. Notice how he's not asking this just for himself. He's speaking on behalf of others. He said, till he shows us his mercy. He's praying for others as well as praying for himself. Let me come to verse 3. Have mercy on us, Lord. Have mercy on us, for we have endured no end of contempt. You see how serious he is, how earnest he is as he repeats this request? Have mercy on us, Lord. Have mercy on us. And he gives the reason for the urgency of the situation that they are in. Now it's interesting to know that on this occasion they're not in danger of an advancing army. They're not in danger from the elements. They're not destitute. But they are distraught. You see, they've endured constant contempt. They're suffering disrespect They're being denigrated and it is because they are faithful followers of God. And it's because their desire is to gather together and worship God in his temple. And now, because of the pressures that they are under, they are at the end of their tether. We come to verse 4 where the psalmist says this. We have endured no end of ridicule from the arrogant, of contempt from the proud. You see, there's been no end to this cruel, harsh way in which they have been mocked by overbearing people who are full of their own importance and who show no respect at all for the things of God other than they ridicule the things of God. I want us for a few moments to go into the New Testament. I want us to look at the words of Paul as he was uh, saying goodbye to the folk at Ephesus as he was on his way to Jerusalem. And he had a few things to say to them, to encourage them. And this is what he said in Acts 20 verse 19. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears. And in the midst of severe testing, by the plots of my Jewish opponents. Paul is humble. Things are hard and it causes him to weep. The people of his day were opponents of the gospel. Acts 20 verse 32, as he speaks to these people, he says, Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. He was building them up. They needed it, as we do today. And he's committing them into God's hands. Paul commits them to God's grace. And Paul knew all about this. 
2 Corinthians 12 verse 19, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Paul is speaking from experience. He's speaking about the power of and the need for God's grace. Let's think about ourselves this morning. You know, we live in times of growing opposition to the gospel. And it's true, isn't it? We feel the effects of this. Ridicule from the arrogant. Contempt from the proud. A reluctance from people to listen to the words of Jesus. And on the other hand, there's an increase in those who would criticise the things that Jesus has said. You know, this is what it was like in the days of the psalmist that led him to write this psalm. This is what it was like in the days of Paul when he wrote to the churches. And this is what it's like in our day. Let's for a moment go back to Paul. Romans 1 verse 16. This is what he had to say. Listen to the confidence in this. This should be an encouragement to us. He said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. You see, what he's saying is, the reason he's not ashamed of the gospel, even though it's being criticized and ridiculed, it's because he knows the power of God, and the power of God can bring salvation. That is what people need today. We do need relief from this coronavirus, but more importantly, We need to take the cure for sin. And the cure is available to everybody. You know, there are people today who, uh, for one reason or another, and I'm not criticising them, but they will refuse to take this coronavirus. But you know, don't be one who refuses the offer of salvation through the power of the death and resurrection of Jesus, the one who can save from sin. You know, Jesus still speaks, and while he speaks, we need to listen to him. Listen to the words of Jesus this morning. These few words here are for those who believe his words. Maybe you're feeling a little bit down, a little bit depressed. You know, our our sort of introduction to this might have been a bit of a um, depressing title, but it's realistic. But the words of Jesus here, for those who believe his words, Matthew 5 verse 11. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. You know, blessed are his people who are persecuted. There's many in this world who suffer real persecution that we can never understand and we continue to pray for them and remember them. Let's just go to John 15, verse 20, again, listening to the words of Jesus. He says, remember what I told you? A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obey my teaching, they will obey yours also. So there's some more encouragements from Jesus. But what about the words of Jesus for those who do not believe his words? Maybe you're listening to this this morning and you don't believe the words of Jesus. Maybe you've never really thought about them. Maybe you've never actually seriously looked to what the Bible says. 
Listen to what Jesus says here in Mark 2 verse 17. And this is the words of Jesus to those who do not believe his words. And he says, on hearing this, Jesus said to them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but those who are ill. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So, there's our message this morning, that Jesus has come to bring salvation to those who will listen and accept. And if you are a Christian this morning, and you do feel disappointed, and you do feel discouraged, and you know, the psalmist felt like that. But what did he do? Well, we know what he did. This is what he said. I lift up my eyes to you, to you whose throne is in heaven. As the eyes of a slave look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maid look to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God till he shows us his mercy. Have mercy on us, O Lord, have mercy on us, for we have endured much contempt. We have endured much ridicule from the proud, much contempt from the arrogant. And you know, this is a song that eventually the people would sing as a song of ascension as they went on their way to worship and praise God. And we can all say amen to that this morning. Amen.